0: Good morning. This morning's reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, starting in the second half of verse 18. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you very much Chris. Several families from the church attend Word Alive the Christian Holiday. One of the speakers we've heard there is the Anglican Archbishop of Jos, Nigeria. His name is Benjamin Kwashi. He shared an amazing story in March 2009 a gang of Islamic extremists broke into the bishop's house to kill him. He wasn't home, but his wife was. They did unspeakable things to her, and they beat her and left her for dead. He found her, and she was still alive, but she spent most of the following year in recovery. A year to the day after this, In March 2010 the gang came back they broke into his home again and this time they did find Benjamin they dragged him out of his house and they were about to kill him they had machetes and clubs Benjamin asked for just a moment to pray before they began so he knelt there on the ground and began to pray A moment later, he felt someone holding his hand. He looked up, and it was his wife. What courage. She could have run, but instead she broke through the line of the same people who had attacked her a year ago and knelt with her husband to pray, knowing that her life was over as well. And then a moment later, he felt someone holding his other hand, He looked, and it was his teenage son. Benjamin begged his son to leave so that he wouldn't be killed as well. But his son said, Father, they've all left. They're all gone. Why did they leave? Benjamin said he had no idea. And he knows they'll be back. I'd like to believe the reason they left is that when the bishop and his wife were kneeling in prayer, the manifold wisdom of God was put on display before the powers and authorities in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 3.10. There was wisdom and power there that these people could not comprehend. And they became afraid and they left. What sort of courage does it take to live for Christ in a city like Jos, where being identified as a Christian can easily mean physical harm or death? Most of us should feel thoroughly ashamed of our lack of Christian witness when we think how easy it is to live for Christ in our society. The faith of Ben and Gloria Quashi is an example of the kind of faith the Apostle Paul exhibits in today's reading, verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. I live for Christ, says Paul. I live to know Christ. I live to serve Christ. And to die is gain. It is better by far to die and be with Christ. Margaret Thatcher commented in her autobiography that when Christians have faith like this, no amount of persecution can thwart the Jesus movement. Nothing can withstand the strength of the Christian church when its members genuinely believe in the resurrection of the dead and life everlasting and being with Christ. We've seen that Philippians is a friendship letter between the Apostle Paul. And the Philippian church, and it's characterized by joy. This is itself amazing, since Paul is languishing in a Roman prison, utterly devoid of human comforts, devoid of sanitary arrangements, without any substantial comforts. The Apostle Paul is able to write to the Philippians in joy. Rejoicing in all that Christ is and all that he's done for us. Shouldn't this make us ashamed of the way that we grumble and complain about life? And it should drive us to seek after Christ, to know him, to love him, and to serve him. Last week we saw how Paul's chains inspired the Roman church to be more confident and enthusiastic in evangelism. And Paul rejoices that the gospel is preached, even if it is for wrong motives sometimes. Now today, Paul continues to rejoice, second half of verse 18. Why does Paul rejoice in persecution, imprisonment and possible death? Well, three, three reasons. Christ will be exalted. Death will be a triumph. And work will be rewarded. Firstly then, Christ will be exalted. Verses 19 and 20. Paul rejoices, verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out For my deliverance. Why is it so important that we pray? Prayer is the secret to power in the Christian life. Paul says, It is through your prayers that what has happened to him will turn out well. I wonder do we pray? Do we set aside time every day to pray? Do we start the day and end the day in prayer? Do we go through the day in regular contact with the Lord in prayer? Do we come to church prayer meetings? Do we pray selfishly just about our own desires? Or do we pray for God to be glorified? Do we pray for the things on God's agenda? Are our prayers informed by God's word? Do we pray for other people? Do we pray for other Christians who are struggling? Do we support our link missionaries in prayer? And so we could go on. For Paul, deliverance comes through the prayers of God's people. And verse 19 continues, through God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ. So although Paul is languishing in a Roman prison, in the filth and the squalor and the darkness and the cold, although Paul is suffering from having been flogged, Paul is not alone. He's not alone because he's constantly chained to Roman soldiers. And the prison was probably overcrowded. But the real reason Paul is not alone is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, is with him. The one who was himself unjustly arrested, flogged. And crucified is with Paul and in Paul God has provided the spirit of Jesus there's much disagreement in the modern church about what it means to have the Holy Spirit for Paul what it means to have the Holy Spirit is to have the power joyfully to go through terrible suffering in prison and to have the perspective of God, to see that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance so that Christ is exalted. Christ will be exalted because through the prayers of the Philippians, through the presence of the Spirit, verse 20, Paul expects that he will not be ashamed he will not be ashamed to remain faithful to Jesus it would have been so easy for paul to renounce christ and walk free from that horrible prison but by prayer and the power of the spirit paul will keep trusting in christ and keep speaking of Christ, remaining faithful to Christ. Paul will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. This is a major triumph. I wonder, is Christ exalted in us? Is Christ seen to be glorious in us? Is Christ clearly at work in us? Or are we keeping quiet about faith in Jesus? Well, secondly, Paul is rejoicing because death will be a triumph. Verses 21 to 23. In February 1941... Father Maximilian Kolbe was arrested by the Gestapo and sent to Auschwitz. He was a Polish monk. Eventually he was assigned to Barracks 14 where he continued to minister to his fellow prisoners. He would nod his understanding as men poured out their hearts. Then he would raise his emaciated arm. And make the sign of the cross in the foul air of the packed barracks. The cross, he thought. Christ's cross has triumphed over its enemies in every age. I believe in the end, even in these darkest days in Poland, the cross will triumph over the swastika. I pray I can be faithful to that end. Then one night, a man escaped from Barracks 14. The next morning, there was tension as the ranks of stick-thin prisoners lined up for roll call in the square. Afterwards, Commandant Fritsch ordered the dismissal of all but Barracks 14, who were forced to stand still in the hot sun all day. By evening the commandant would make a lesson out of the fate of this miserable barracks. The fugitive has not been found. Ten of you will die for him in the starvation bunker, he screamed. Anything was better. Death on the gallows or even the gas chamber. This method forced one to go without food and water until death. After the ten were chosen, the cry rang out from one of these men, my poor children, my wife, what will they do? Suddenly, there was a commotion in the ranks. A prisoner had broken out of the ranks and volunteered to take this crying man's place. It was Father Colby. The frail priest spoke softly, even calmly, saying, I would like to die in place of one of the men you condemned. The commandant ordered it done, and the ten were marched to barracks 11, where they would spend the rest of their days. As the hours and days passed, the camp became aware of something extraordinary happening in the death cell. Past prisoners had spent their dying days howling and attacking one another in a frenzy of despair. But now those outside heard the faint sound of singing. This time the prisoners had a shepherd to gently lead them through the valley of the shadow of death, pointing them to the great shepherd. We think, not unnaturally, that the worst thing that could possibly happen to us would be our death. But Paul has an entirely different perspective. Maximilian Kobe shared this perspective verse 21 for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain if I live says Paul it will be to serve Christ all my energy is directed to loving Christ and serving Christ Paul will never be unemployed he may be unpaid but he will never cease to live for Christ, to tell others about Christ, to plant churches, to feed churches the word of God, to strengthen other believers in Christ. Paul is always going to be busy serving Christ, even if he does so from a Roman prison. So to live is Christ, and to die is gain if Paul dies all his suffering will end and finally he will see Christ again in all his glory and unlike his vision of Christ on the Damascus Road this will not this time break Paul's stubborn rebellion against Christ but it will thrill Paul finally To see Christ and be like Christ Christ will be exalted death will be a triumph to die is gain if I am to go on living in the body this will mean fruitful labor for me yet what shall I choose I do not know I'm torn between the two I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Death will be a triumph. But thirdly, work will be rewarded. Verses 24 to 26. Verse 24. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. It would be great for Paul to depart and be with Jesus... But Paul realises that the Philippians still need him. So verse 25, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. There'll be a tremendous reward for Paul's work amongst the Philippians. Their progress and their joy in the faith. What a reward. It's absolutely wonderful to see other Christians growing, maturing in the faith of Christ through our efforts. Perhaps you're a home group leader. You may see this reward. Maybe you're a children's worker or a youth worker and you pour out your energies So that those entrusted to your care might develop in Christ. And over time, you can see how this has happened. What a wonderful reward. And also, verse 26, that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. This doesn't mean sinful boasting. It doesn't mean showing off how good we are. Rather, it means to tell the world how wonderful Jesus is. The highest point of Paul's reward is when he hears the Philippians talking about Jesus in the world. Because Paul has been with the Philippians, teaching them, inspiring them, they now go out into the world and boast about all that Jesus has accomplished through his death and resurrection. And this is on account of me, says Paul. This makes Paul's suffering worthwhile. Nothing thrills a pastor's heart more than to see those among whom he works growing in Christ, becoming more like Christ and speaking about Christ in the world. Human beings are always tempted to regulate behaviour with rewards and punishment. China has recently begun to implement a plan to foster moral and industriousness in society. But this, of course, is moralism without God. The government has began evaluating and ranking every citizen based on their behaviour. By 2020, all citizens were to have a new identity number and a social credit record. It's frightening, isn't it? And if you had a high social credit record, you might get perks like free access to the gym or public transport discounts or a shorter wait in hospital. If you have a low social credit, then you might have restrictions on renting a a flat, buying a home or enrolling a child at one's preferred school. The Chinese government wants its view of a moral society Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, it can never work. Morality without Jesus can only ever amount to legalism, and human beings will always find a way to get round the rules. The reward for Paul's work is quite unlike this it's the spontaneous, joy filled reward of lives. Genuinely changed by the power of God's Spirit. We've seen today that Paul can rejoice even in persecution. Because Christ will be exalted, death will be a triumph, and work will be rewarded. I wonder, do you have this hope? If you do, does it transform your life so that you live for Christ? And if you don't have this hope, it can be yours today. Just speak to one of us afterwards. We'd love to talk and pray with you further.